bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Fresh, candid, and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I may as well just get on with it. I mean, I may as well just move forward and just jump right in to the top five at five. Number five. The average tax cut under Tony Evers' vetoes, well, the tax cuts we would have gotten in the new two-year budget signed by uh, Governor Evers into law this week will deliver an average income tax cut. It should have said $573 on average, but now it's just A new analysis today from the nonpartisan Legislative Fiscal Bureau shows Evers' votes redu- vetoes reduced the income tax relief in the 2023 through 2025 state budget from an average of 15% cut to 0.9%. So he'll be able to say it's a cut, but it really won't feel like a cut because, well, I don't think anybody will actually notice it. Number four. I've heard bizarre things before. A Canadian farmer owes $82,000 for a breach of contract. And you might ask what they did. Well, here's what they did. Thumbs up emoji in the text. According to court documents from the King's Bench in Saskatchewan, Canada, in March of 2021, grain purchasers with Southwest Terminal Limited 
sent a text message to grain suppliers wanting to buy flax for $17 per bushel for delivery in October, November, December of that year. And after phone calls with farmers Bob and Chris Actor, SWT drafted a contract for Chris Actor to sell 86 metric tons of flax for 17 bucks a bushel and deliver in November. So the rep signed the contract in ink, sent a photo of the contract via cell phone to Chris Archer with the message, please confirm flax contract. Actor responded with a thumbs up emoji. Actor never received. He never delivered the flax. And according to documents by November, the flax Price was 41 a bushel. They went to court and they went to argue. And um, he said the only difference this time was actor responded with a thumbs up emoji instead of okay, yep, or looks good. And so they went on the thumbs up emoji thinking that it meant okay, yep, or looks good. Or did he mean, yes, I received the contract? Well, it didn't matter. He didn't send it. They sued. And now he owes $82,000 because they waited for something they didn't get. And you okayed the contract. You're supposed to pay for the flax. You didn't. Now the flax is 41 bucks. You owe me because you didn't pay. It's weird. But you know what? It's Friday. Number three. Um, This is convoluted. If you actually read the state law of 1849, it does not ban abortion. Oh, my God, people are upset. Well, a judge refused today to toss out a lawsuit challenging Wisconsin's 174-year abortion ban, keeping the case inching towards the state Supreme Court in a state where debate over abortion rights has taken center stage. Wisconsin lawmakers enacted statutes outlawing abortion in all cases except to save the mother's life in 1849, a year after Wisconsin became a state. U.S. Supreme Court landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling legalized abortion had nullified the ban, but legislators never Repealed it. So then the high court decision last June to overturn Roe v. Wade activated the statutes and the state's Democratic Attorney General Josh Call has vowed to restore abortion access, abortion access. He filed a lawsuit in Dane County days after Roe v. Wade was overturned, seeking to repeal the ban. Call argues that the ban is too old to enforce and that a 1985 law that permits abortions before a fetus can survive outside the womb supersedes the ban. Three doctors later joined the lawsuit as plaintiffs saying that they fear being prosecuted for performing abortions and called named district attorneys in three counties where abortion clinics operated until the Supreme Court overturned Worthy Wade as defendants. Some people believe it's a stretch that the ban is so old that it can no longer be enforced and that the 1985 law and the ban complement each other. Since the newer law outlaws abortions post-viability, it simply gives prosecutors another charging option. So this has been going on and on and on. Dane Courts, I'm sorry, Dane County Circuit Court Judge uh, Diane Schlippler 
explained in a written ruling denying Ermansky's dismissal motion that the 1849 ban makes killing fetuses by assaulting or battering the mother illegal and doesn't apply to consensual abortion. That means that doctors, plaintiffs could ultimately win a declaration that they can't be prosecuted for performing abortions, and hence the case should continue. And so they're going to be hearing it, and it will go exactly to the state Supreme Court, and there will be a vote. So I don't, I don't go into the weeds. I have my own thoughts and opinions regarding abortion. Um, in many instances, one doesn't jive with the other, doesn't support the other, doesn't, right? Because it's an emotional thing, I believe, for both sides, men and women. Um, and so I never begrudge anyone or trash talk anyone if I agree or disagree with them as it relates to that. And I think if more people were a little more congenial and a little more um, civil, there can be a discussion about it. I think one of the things that we miss is that if you're anti-abortion, does it matter what the law is? So then if everyone has a right to be who they are and they make that decision, it's on them. So I think... I'm going to wait out and I'm going to uh, point and then we're going to do this. Number two. Well, here's Speaker Voss again. Always into some shenanigans. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss said today, I'm sorry, yesterday, Republicans are preparing to sue Tony Evers over his partial budget veto that increases public school funding for the next 400 years while accusing the governor of lying over budget negotiations. So here's the issue I have, Mr. Voss. Who came up with the ability to be able to veto the way you do? Did a Democratic legislature or a Republican legislature? It doesn't matter. It's the law. So you now can't sue because you don't like the law. That's what it is. That's all it is. So, Mr. Voss, um, y'all might want to move around. Number one. Well, from NewsOne.com, after the death of George Floyd, corporate America was forced to look into the mirror and acknowledge its longstanding diversity problems. From this reckoning came a much-needed influx of diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI initiatives in corporate America, including many companies seeking to um, find experts. According to a study by LinkedIn, the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion positions grew by what percentage? Like how how much percent did those jobs grow between 2020 and, I'm sorry, 2019 and 2022? Like come up up with a number between, I don't know, just pick a number. Yeah. How how much do you think of an increase was it? I thought it was 1%. I thought what you said. No, it's not. Is that 1%? Increases in DEI jobs, right? Because now George Floyd and everybody wants to do the DEI thing. So what do you think the percentage increase in those DEI jobs was? Oh, I misheard you. Okay. Mm, Maybe 10%. Okay. 168.9. I had the same look. Well, that's good. Sadly. Over the past year, those same jobs have been having the highest layoffs. 
The honeymoon is over. Cecil Howard, DEI consultant, former chief diversity officer at University of South Florida. And I actually know him. Um, right now, after George Floyd's killing, everybody who didn't have a diversity officer quickly created a diversity office. A few years later, they started realizing, hey, we checked the box and things are a little quieter now. The LinkedIn study also found one in three DEI professionals lost their roles after one year ending in December and that non-DEI workers experienced a relatively lower attrition over that same period. In 2020, a lot of organizations reacted to the market, reacted to social events taking place without really having a clear understanding of what DEI is and how it should be embedded in a business, says Christy Linder, a diversity strategist and CEO of Tessie Consulting, told ABC News. So some DEI professionals um, attributed the high layoff to a sluggish economy, but also pointed to a conservative black backlash against DEI as the main reason corporations seem to be losing interest in supporting diversity initiatives. That's kind of strange because these are very liberal organizations. So why would they care whether or not Republicans are pushing back on DEI unless they're using it as the excuse to get rid of the positions? 833-212-1017 is the number. When we come back, we'll hit the talk and text line and you. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. We'll be right back. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. we need on a Friday afternoon. Little razzmatazz. 833-212. I was in a Quincy Jones mood. That's what I'm saying. 833-212-1017 is the number. Sino said, Dr. Ken, we're getting the same amount of shared revenue for the last 20 years, somewhere around $250 million per year, the out of the budget of $19.25 billion. It's insane. When Milwaukee makes up 40% of the overall economy. I agree. I agree. Um, And we've also had 20 some odd years to figure out a way to increase our revenue. That's all I'm saying. So we have to figure that out. We have to actually figure that out. We have to come up with something that is legal, that is binding for everyone in the city, everyone that comes here. 
And you know what I say, dude? I think the city should put up a tollway. You want to bring your behind in the city and work? You want to bring your behind in the city? Put up a tollway. You want to pass through Milwaukee? We got a tollway on 43. We got a tollway on 894. We got a tollway on 41. We got a tollway on 45. We got a tollway on 94. Take your pick. You got to pay. And if you set it up where it's wireless, right? So everybody has to have one of those things in their car, right? You ain't got to worry about paying. Put up the cameras like they do in Illinois and you pay your toll. Done. Full stop. Marijuana's not going to work because they'll want to tax marijuana so doggone high that it won't work out. Somebody corrected me on the Illinois thing last week. I had that wrong about the uh, Illinois tax and their their tax is like 25% or something like that. But cars, everybody drives cars. Now, that will also impact who? That will also impact people here. So if you're a Wisconsin resident, you should have something on your car that allows you not to pay the tax. And charge all those people, since y'all complain about us folk from Illinois anyway, since I'm, I guess I'm really not from Illinois, I was born there. But I love here. Turn it on when there's a Packer game. Turn it on when, when Chicago Cubs or the White Sox are playing in Milwaukee. Turn it on when there's a concert, right? We pick and choose when we want to tax people anyway. Every time the legislature's in session and all those Republican and Democrats got to drive to, 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 to Madison and turn it on. <laughs> I'm just, okay, I'm just being silly. 833-212-1017 is the number. Nicole said they need to go back to the drawing board. Nicole, there's no drawing board to go back to. The legislature has passed it. The governor has signed it and vetoed the portions that he didn't want. And it's law. I don't know how to help you with that. Common Council is voting on it Tuesday. So between now and Tuesday, if you have an issue, you need to call your Common Council older man or woman. I don't do older person. It sounds a little disingenuous. And tell them to vote up or down. Like, that's it. There's nothing else you can do. There's nowhere else you can go. You're done. Pay up or move out. Those are the options that we have. Or drive to Waukesha, Ozaki, or Racine County and do what you do. I mean, that's all you can do. I remember when I lived on the south side, I used to drive to northern Indiana to get gas because it was cheaper for me. You saved a significant amount of money when you left Chicago and Cook County and went into Indiana. And there's a way to get to Indiana where you don't have to pay the toll. You can drive side streets. So what I was able to do is to drive side streets and I'm talking to the kid that's outside the window. Hey, 
<laughs> and um, and so what? What? <laughs> the kids. I mean, he's still there. Hey, buddy. Bye. Oh, now he's waving bye. Um, we used to drive to to Indiana because you could take side streets all the way down by like Avenue O. Right. Because, you know, they, they had used up all the street names and they were like Avenue B and Avenue C and Avenue in, you know, all the way down. And so we would always drive into. And I remember there was this McDonald's that was always there on the outside of the Skyway. And I would you know, always get off before I had to pay. And and I would be there at 106 in Ewing. And there was a. McDonald's on one side of the street. Right. Which was in Indiana. Or was it? No, it was in Chicago, and across the street was Indiana and a gas station. And that's where I would go get gas. And I would take South Chicago Avenue all the way there. Well, the drive for me was maybe four, five miles because I was on a diagonal street, so I was able to get there pretty easy. There's nothing you can do like that here. Like, you can't get to the next county really easy or really quick. Well, I guess you can do it quick. Would you drive all the way to Waukesha to get gas that you didn't have to pay extra for it here? Depends on the price. Things are going to get tough. Who was it? Denise that said that? Things are going to get tough for people who can't afford it. It's going to be costly for people who can't afford it. And that scares me. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Traffic, sports, and weather up next. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. the truth in the afternoon hey i had to get my quincy jones fix i think every friday i'm gonna just pick an artist and just play their music every break for two hours 833-212-1017 is the number an early morning vandal captured on surveillance cameras was smashing the glass multiple doors of glass and windows at the wisconsin black historical society on yesterday channel 12 news obtains surveillance footage from the center that shows a woman use a rock to smash the glass 
break two doors and a window. Milwaukee Police Department said they're searching for an unknown suspect in this case. She walks across the street, says Claiborne Benson, executive director of Wisconsin Black Historical Society, grabs a rock, comes back, turns two garbage cans, covers, and continues to break the glass. I'm disappointed and wanting to know what the motivation is because we have no value other than the history we preserve. Benson said he's never seen the woman before, does not know her motive. And if you see the video, he's asking that if anyone in the community can identify her to please call the police. That's from Caroline Rainwall, a reporter. WISN 12 News. Why would somebody do that? I, I wonder. Maybe she was just mad. Got upset and just started breaking stuff. And it was the first place she saw and she broke it. And so before we start blaming what's what, let's wait and find out if she's apprehended what the motivation was. Let's not blame mental health. Let's not blame drugs. Let's find out what it was first before we start trying to mitigate something. And if it is those things, get her some help. Ah, I turned my monitor off. I pulled it to turn it and, and hit the power button. Ridiculous. It's Friday. What can I say? You know what we need? We need a we need a stand. Like a paper stand. You know, so you can put stuff up. Like I'm lazy. That's what I use my screen for. I tilt it back and just put paper on it. But it doesn't sit. I never knew what you guys did. Sherwin does that for his show too, and I never realized. Because it's the only thing we have. It's a computer monitor. It's a computer monitor. It's the only thing we have. We'll find y'all a stand. What kind of slip side operation y'all running here? Mm-hmm. I need a paper holder. A pepper holder. A pepper. <laughs> Sound like I'm saying pepper. A pepper holder. I'm sorry, that's that Alabama coming out. <sighs> well, at least I'm honest. Oh, this other story from CNN Politics. One of the five that was exonerated from the Central Park Five. Anybody remember the Central Park Five? Where the five boys got railroaded and talked into crimes they didn't commit well Yusuf Salam an exonerated member of the Central Park Five has won the Democratic primary for the New York City Council seat in Harlem CNN projects after a reallocation of ranked choice voting results expanded Salam's lead and the first time candidate who was wrongly accused in 1989 and then convicted along with four other black and Latino teenagers of raping a jogger in Manhattan Central Park, spent nearly seven years in prison before DNA evidence emerged linking someone else to the crime. This is a victory for justice, dignity, and decency for the Harlem community we love, Salam said in a statement. We're going to have a new Harlem renaissance. The case against Salam and the others accused teens dominated the headlines in New York City and drew national attention. Um, Donald Trump, then a local figure, infamously took out a full-page newspaper ad that read, bring back the death penalty, bring back our police. 
Trump has never apologized and in 2019 suggested the city was wrong to settle a lawsuit brought by the exonerated men. After the election in June, Salam called the ads a whisper for the state to kill us, a whisper, in fact, into the darkest enclaves of society for them to do to us what they had done to Emmett Till. Now 49, Salam launched what many viewed as a long-shot bid for the city council that pitted him against Inez Dickens, a state assemblywoman and former council member, and Al Taylor, who effectively backed Salam in a cross-endorsement before the vote. The seat became open after incumbent far-left member Kristen Richardson Jordan withdrew from the race, and Salam is not expected to face a serious general election opponent. His primary win all but cemented his path to the city council. So congratulations to him. Um, That's great. That is great. And some of the things that he'll be able to bring as it relates to how people are treated in the law, how people are seen by the public, will go far in helping others understand that things the news places in your psyche and some of the things we believe we need to make sure we have sources and information and data. That means take your time before you make up your mind and don't just listen to your peers or listen to things that you agree with. Get both sides of the argument or even three or four. Do your due diligence. Go to trusted sources, multiple sources if you can, and then make up your mind. But saying that you feel something because that's your opinion isn't really. And no, I'm not bashing uh, G. I I understand exactly what he was saying Um, may not be enough, even though you may be right. Just may not be enough. Eight, three, three, two, one, two, one, zero, one, seven is the number. Black conscience, where you been? Well, I haven't been on assignment like you. Well, I was not on assignment. Who said that? I know. It's called a vacation. That's how Thank call you. It. I don't vacation. know why they say that. I'd be like, I'm on assignment. Uh, I'm yeah. on vacation. I'm out. And I want to put out your personal <laughs> business. Then people try to follow your social media. I don't put myself Where's on Waldo? social media. Where's Dr. Ever. I don't ever. Oh, smart. No location. Well, listen, I was ready to pop that. off until, until you just, you know, walked me off that ledge. Okay. What well, are you going to pop off anyway. about? Go for it. Uh, this curfew that they're in, in implementing for these children, for our young children out here who's only going to be more police and victimized after 11 o'clock. That's an assumption. I'm going to challenge you on that one. Well, we're going to see what they're rolling in. Why is your kid out in the street after 11 o'clock at night anyway? Well, see, now, of course, it wouldn't be my kid because my kids are adults. So, but I'm talking about Stop being technical. I am going to be technical, but you have a point with that one, and I, I agree. But, you know, that's not going to be the whole synapse of it. Everybody's not going to be. They don't have a, a age range. It would just be a lot of harassment. Are you sure? At least in our neighborhood. Are you sure? So you're going to make the assumption you're going to go that the cup is half full. You're, you're, you're not going to give uh, police see, the now, benefit? No, I got to I'm asking a question. I got a theory. I'm asking a question. I got a theory about that. I'm asking a question. You're not going to give the question. You're not going to give the police a the benefit of the doubt that the majority of the time they're going to have too much crap to do anyway that they're going to be harassing your kids. Nope. 
those kids that are standing on the bus line coming from work and all that, they already know, and that's a way out, or they're with an adult family relative. Well, so the other part of it that really raises an eyebrow is they're going after the parents as well. They should. And if that, they should. Uh, uh, Are you responsible for your children when they were underage? Yeah. So what's your point? And I'm, I'm kind of... Well, my point is, is, is now you're, I, I feel that it's though you're uh, targeting and, and the harassment is going to increase over what we're calling as, you know. Uh, Who's going to get harassed? Making a, Who? Our children. What do you mean, our, our children? Teenagers. Who? There are, black there kids? Are, in the matter of speaking. Oh, black kids are the only kids that's going to be out after curfew? That's not true. Well, I'm, I'm, Come on now. Well, Come on. So... So I wrote a lot of tickets to a lot of white kids on the south side of Milwaukee out after curfew. Well, that's good for you, but we're not talking about those kids. No, I am, and that's my point, because the curfew is for the city. It's not for the north side or black community. Yeah, but we're the ones that's going to be feel. I feel how do you know? Target the most. How do you know? Uh, Because because past how you feel told us that. Really? No, I have experienced that. Yeah, Uh, but you was out after curfew, weren't you? Well, see, I don't know what you're talking about, officer. Oh, see? I'm not going to oh, incriminate see? myself. See? Like, we didn't have no curfew at that time either. That was my Stop chasing me for retail theft, even though I just went in the store and stole something. Man, come on. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I ain't going that far. You know, I work. I ain't got to steal. I may borrow a few things. <laughs> you can't buy. Stop. I'm done. <laughs> All right, brother. Have All right, a great thank weekend. You. It's good talking with you. Peace and love to you. Live righteous, Milwaukee. All right, love you, man. Eight three three two one two one zero one. Well, it just it just jumped out and ended up in my pocket. That's yeah, that's what happened. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We'll be right back. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on one oh one seven the truth, the truth app, and one oh one seven the truth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
could let this song play all day. Just, just, just let it sit in the background and just, yeah. Whenever I would get stressed, upset, mad, I just go listen to Tell Me a Bedtime Story, Quincy Jones. On one of the best albums he's ever made, sounds and stuff like that. One of the best. Hey, Truth Nation, violence is a problem that affects all of us, but together we can make a difference. The new 1017 The Truth wants to ignite positive change and bring about awareness to the senseless violence occurring in our community. That's why we're hosting our inaugural Truth Walk Against Violence led by Tori Lowe, Saturday, July 22nd from Victory Over Violence Park, down MLK Drive, right to our studio at 3rd Street Market Hall. For the next month, all of, Ju- all of July, Tori will be speaking with community leaders about how we can best provide resources and community work as a, as a way to rise up against violence. So if you want to join the fight to stop the violence, go to 1017thetruth.com, sign up for our walk against violence. That's Saturday, July 22nd. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Talking text line says, good doc, how about that low employment number, my brother? When was the last time it was this low for black people, good doc? I think it was around 20... Hmm, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh... <laughs> I'm checking. Boom, 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 boom. So when is this? Ooh. Okay. So from the looks of it, I'm trying to find out the last time. So the unemployment rate hit a new low, but it's also blacks have the highest chance of losing their job. So... It's 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 kind of a yeah, and I'm trying to see how far back this goes. Um, <clears throat> the gap between jobless rates for whites and blacks also narrowed to 1.8 percentage points, the lowest since the Labor Department began tracking it a half a century ago. That said, with the overall U.S. jobless rate edging back down to within a whisper of its lowest level since the 1960s, this might be as good as it gets. Um, the question is whether the low rates and differentials hold steady as the job market softens in months ahead. And so evidently that wasn't true. The job market for uh, blacks, the, uh, you know, numbers came out and, um, let me check that. I think, um, I think we're doing okay. We have to wait for the seasonal adjusted um, 
Washington, D.C. is at 9.6% for the first quarter. So that's, that's, that's interesting. But, um, yeah, 3.7%. The unemployment rate in America. Um, I'm still trying to find the one for blacks, for black unemployment. Um, they said the unemployment rate among black workers increased in June for the second month in a row. But it's still pretty low. It's still pretty low. Overall, it was 3.6%, a 0.1% decrease from May. Black workers saw their unemployment rate rise to 6% in June from 5.6%. That's still pretty low, though, in comparison to some places like Washington, D.C. with 9. Good point. We'll have to to take this up this week. I'm sorry, next week. the labor force participation rate for black men inched downward while women's fell to 62.9% from 63.9%. So, and, and I think that might have to do with a lot of those DEI jobs that people are getting blown out of and laid off and things of that nature. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's kind of interesting the way those things go. Uh, I see your call, Gene. We're not going to be able to get to your call. Uh, all I can suggest you do is get back to us next week, and we'll try to get to you. I appreciate you calling. But that's an interesting text. Um, pull up Clinton's unemployment numbers. I don't have time to pull up Clinton's unemployment numbers. Um, yeah. Yes, I can say Sleepy Joe hasn't done anything because he doesn't drive unemployment. Just so you know, no president in the country, not Donald Trump, Bush, Clinton, they don't drive unemployment. So, who cares? 833-212-1017 is the number you want to call on Monday because I'm not going to be here over the weekend because we're going to be having some fun because it's the weekend. It's going to be hot. Little chance of rain, but eh, it'll be okay. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Um, I'm out of here. Tory Lowe shows up next. God bless. Take care. I'm out.